Hey, listeners, before we get started, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can actually check them out on YouTube in full video. You can just search Honest Ecommerce and you'll get pulled right to our channel. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell for all the updates. Not only in life, but in business and in particular in, in websites, we all have a filter in which we see the world. And by default, we assume everybody else does. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. Today, we're welcoming the show the CEO of an eight-figure barbecue company started with only $500 now onto massive success. Cosmo, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Chase. Thanks for having me. All right. I skipped over actually introducing your brand. So just quickly let the people know uh, about the brand and uh, what you guys... Kind of the products you're bringing to market over there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so our brand is Cosmos Q. That's Cosmos spelt with a K, K-O-S-M-O-S space, then the letter Q. Uh, we sell about... Man, we are working on selling all things barbecue, but we made our big uh, splash in rubs, sauces, injections, marinades, brines, wing dust, um, and now wing sauces even. Awesome. That's uh, some very delicious stuff. Uh, and I, I think I know what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. So <laughs> take me back in time, though. Where did this idea come from? What was going on in your life? Oh, man. Golly, this goes back a while. Um, so when our family was young, I was, I think, 32, 33, 34. Um, our, our family was young. And uh, the days of going out and hanging out on the weekends were done. So I was like, well, what do old people do? <laughs> I'm like, well, they, I guess they sit at home and uh, they barbecue. So I went to Walmart and I bought a, uh, a smoker and some meat. And that Saturday, I, I put the meat on a smoker and I went and mowed the yard and did all the, all the dad things. And uh, finally, <laughs> I thought the meat was done. Um, anyways, we, we went to, uh, sit down and eat dinner and, um, I just remember taking a bite thinking, oh my gosh, this is the absolute worst food I've ever ate in my life. And I'll never forget my wife held the trash can open as I was throwing all the food away. And I just thought to myself, that will never happen again. And the ironic thing is, is I, my very first job was running a pit at a barbecue restaurant, but no one ever, they just taught me what to do. They didn't tell me why they did it. So I didn't know like, you know, what temperature the pit was ran at or what temperature it finished at and all kinds of stuff. So I set out to become, um, I just wanted to learn how to barbecue. So that's what I did. Um, my father-in-law, um, he, he knew of a pit that was in a field. Um, he pulled it out of the field, um, gave it to me and, um, I call it the tin man. It was built by, a, a, a 
FFA class in uh, a country, little small country town here in Oklahoma. And uh, that's the pit I learned on. And I just kept honing my craft and I, I never set out with the expectations of starting a company. It's just, as I got better with barbecue, I realized that what you found in the store could only take you to a certain level. And, and it wasn't that high. The barbecue sauces weren't that good. The rubs weren't that good. And so I started, you know, fiddling around making my own. And then I started going, Oh my gosh, what if I could make it taste like this? So I, I would I would fiddle around and sure enough I could do it. And I was like, this tastes like way better than the stuff you get at the store. And then I started, you know, I would go to eat barbecue someplace and I was like, oh my gosh, this tastes like the stuff that you would make at home if you bought everything from the store. And it was just bland and didn't have a lot of flavor. And this, everybody's sauce was the same. I think there was just one sauce brand in the world at the time that was just pumping this one sauce out to every restaurant. So then I was like, man, um, I can't eat this. So I, we started making our own. And actually, still, even at that time, um, we had people that would call us um, because by this time I started on the professional competition circuit and I was competing around the country and we, we were seeing some success. And then, you know, people say, Hey, where'd you, where'd you get that rub or, you know, this or that or whatever. So, um, you know, Hey, can you send me some? So we, we bag some up and send it to them. Well, it wasn't until I was at a barbecue competition, um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And at the time there was, uh, competition barbecuers even to this day inject their brisket and at the time there was only two companies making an injection for brisket and one of them was at this competition and i was using um their product and i just it just tasted bad to me but there was actually people winning with it so i I went up to the owner and I said, hey, I'm, I'm using this injection and uh, something's not right. I can't get it to work right or whatever. And uh, is there anything you can do to help me out? And I'll never forget. He looked at me and said, yeah, you can read the directions. And then he, he shut his door, his trailer door in my face. And that that right there just sent me over the freaking moon. And that was the day I was like, uh, I'm going to make an injection, and if he doesn't want to help people like me, I will. So that was the day Cosmos was born. And funny thing is, is I never even really thought of uh, <laughs> making a business, or even if I would, what would I name it? I just remember um, after finding a company that uh, could make this product for me, they asked me, what's the name of my business? <laughs> I didn't have a business. <laughs> I didn't have a tax number. I had nothing. And the only thing that I just felt such, I was so on the spot that I, my nickname is Cosmo. And my barbecue team name is Cosmos Q. Meaning, you know, it's my barbecue because back in the day on all the barbecue forms, they would say, what do you bar? They wouldn't say, what do you, you know, they would just call it Q. So this was Cosmos Q. And I just panicked under pressure and I said, Cosmos Q. <laughs> and the name stuck. <laughs> and it stuck. <laughs> I, I, that was a, a pretty good on the spot name because it's it's served you well over the past couple of years. Yeah. 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 Uh, 
no one has came up with anything close to it yet. So, <laughs> so how long uh, would you say that you were, uh, you know, this went from a hobby to kind of a little more semi-professional and you were on the circuit? Like how long was that kind of adventure? So from the time I first started to the time I started cooking on the circuit, it was probably about four years. So within two years, I got to where I could, well, it wasn't even that. Within a year, I got to where I could cook. Um, but within two years, I got to where I was cooking pretty good. And then I started making my own stuff. And then within four years, um, I, I want to say it was, it, it was two to four years. I really can't remember. I didn't really think anything would ever happen. But I started competing on the professional circuit. And that took about four years before I really started getting seriously into it. And now this whole time that you're doing this passion, you know, at this point, you're not even thinking about it being a business. Are you building an audience? Are you acquiring emails, are you doing YouTube, Instagram, or, you know, what are you, what are you doing with all this exposure that you're getting? That That is a, that is such an awesome question. Um, I remember I was doing this before this was even a thing. Um, <laughs> you got Gary V, you know, he, he went on YouTube. I was doing this before YouTube. YouTube wasn't even invented yet. I think Facebook was around, but it was just painful as all get out. Um, so I'd get on MySpace and take pictures or something like that. Um, Barbie or e-commerce wasn't even a thing. The only, I think at the time, the only places where you could probably buy stuff that were widely known was Amazon. Well, it wasn't even Amazon. I, honestly, it was eBay. eBay was the, the hot thing. Um, and I'll never forget, uh, I was I was like, I, you know, if I could take it in my, when people started asking me for it, um, there was a, uh, um, in my little office, there was a, a map of the U.S. behind me. And my wife was looking at it and she was like, what if we could just start sending all over the country? And I was like, what if we did do that? I mean, I can't put it on eBay because it, at the time you couldn't put food on there. So I was like, what if I had my own website and I could just, you know, point people to it and they could buy off of it. So I made a, uh, um, golly, it was painful back then too. It was a WordPress site and I would just, people would order off of the site and then they, it would send me a little order and then I would have to call them and they would send me a check, you know, kind of mail order. Uh, and then I, I was like, man, this little PayPal button. I wonder if I could put this button on this website and my HTML coding skills that were non-existent the day before I had that idea um, got thrown to the wolves the next day. And I figured out how to get the H HTML uh, button on my website that would link it. So it would send it to PayPal and they could just pay me through PayPal. And you remember what year that was? That was, I think, 2004. Four or five. Yeah. Uh, E-commerce and the capabilities have definitely evolved yeah. since then. So you've got this website now and you are sending products all over the country. You know, Was there a time that you look back on where you're like, Hey, I think I'm onto something here. I remember um, at the time I was, uh, I worked for a has waste company and I was a route driver. And I remember I would always go to like a Seven Eleven or something and, uh, sit in the parking lot and eat my 
you know, dollar nineteen sandwich, you know, from there, and you know, the ninety nine cent bag of chips. And I had an Android phone at the time. I don't even think Apple was around, but somehow I got PayPal on my phone. But this is before apps. You could you, you actually had to use the uh, the uh, email browser or the uh, website browser. Well, anyways, I could log in, and I remember I logged in at lunch, and I made a thousand dollars that week on my website, and I was just. That doesn't sound like a lot, but you have to understand that at that time, I think I was probably only bringing home, you know, 500 every two weeks. And I just sat there and I was like, I I made pretty much what I make in a month. I brought in what, you know, in one week, what I pretty much make in a month. And, and uh, honestly, I just started crying because I saw, I saw the future before anybody else did in our space. And I was like, oh my gosh. And this was only this many people. Imagine if I could, you know, sell to a hundred or a thousand or 5,000 or 10,000, you know? And then the numbers started getting really, really big in my head really quick. And that's when it hit me there's, I think at the time there was like 280 million people in the U S and that's when I went, Oh my gosh, if, if I could sell to, you know, a $1 to to 280 million people, I'd be a multi multi-millionaire. Now I know that just the law of averages, that's probably not going to happen. But I was like, even if I could 10%, if I could just sell to 10% of the, it meant if not even that, if I could just sell to 1%, what would that do? And that's what started the fire in my head. And that's when I started using Facebook um, to promote my brand. This in Facebook uh, at the time, Facebook, you could only put your name on there. So my name is Darian Kajravi. So I changed it. I changed my name on Facebook from Darian Kajravi to Cosmos Q because you had to have a first and a last. And it stuck, and and it worked. So I ran my brand on there before there was any uh, before there was groups or brand pages or anything. You just had your page on Facebook. So I changed my page into my brand, and that's where I started posting pictures and like really spreading the worm the word out. And still, all all the time, not one email address, <laughs> not one. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E dot I-O. Mesa is the easy to use answer for automating the everyday challenges of running a Shopify store. Find more aha moments when you're spending less time in the weeds and can focus on the bigger picture. With automations, you have all the power of code without the learning curve. You can easily customize how Shopify and your apps work with one-click integrations. From auto-tagging orders to sending order details to Google Sheets or Airtable, Mesa connects your data where it's needed most. To put it quite simply, Mesa is a better way to work. So find your peace of mind and kick up your feet with a simplified workload to manage the everyday stress of running your Shopify store. 
Search for Mesa, that's M-E-S-A, in the Shopify App Store and download the app today. Free plan available with no cost setup included. Q4 is the main event for e-commerce and DTC brands. All those months of preparation, managing inventory, and balancing your cash flow are about to pay off. But how can you use this holiday season as a springboard to make 2023 your best year yet? The answer is funding. Funding opens doors for your business. It enables you to place larger inventory orders, invest more in marketing, and ultimately grow your business. Plus, now is the best time of the year to secure funding as you can unlock the best rates. Revenue-based finance from Wayflyer is fairer, faster, and more flexible than traditional funding options out there. Get approved for funding in hours and cash in your account within days. There's no interest rates or personal guarantees, just one simple fee. Most importantly, you keep full ownership of the rocket ship of a business you've worked so hard to build. To learn more about funding from Wayflyer and how you can unlock growth for your business and turn the main event of Q4 into a record year in 2023, visit wayflyer.com slash ecom slash honest. That's wayflyer.com slash ecom with two M's slash honest. Wayflyer, funding a better way. We've talked about this before on our podcast, but returns are an absolute hassle. They're often costly, time-consuming, and complicated, but there's a better way to handle returns. Our partner Loop helps Shopify brands deliver hassle-free return experiences. Their platform empowers shoppers to process their own returns, creating a better user experience for both you and your customers. Plus, they encourage exchanges over refunds. They make it a lot easier for shoppers to browse through your entire product catalog at the point of return. It's a true win-win. Loop is trusted by over 1,600 Shopify merchants from side hustles to enterprise-level brands like Patagonia, Brooklinen, and Chubby's. It's time to transform your returns into exchanges. Learn more at loopreturns.com slash honest. That's L-O-O-P-R-E-T-U-R-N-S dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up your free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. How long after that afternoon in your truck eating lunch and you kind of noticed where things were trending, did you decide to kind of quit your job and go all in on this thing? Honestly, it's probably like six or seven years after that because I was... And I think most entrepreneurs that have that have done what I've done, meaning been in been an employee with a family and then made the leap to entrepreneur. The, the thing that scared me was the most wasn't me. It was my family. Mm -hmm. Like what happens if I fail my family? And, um, so I, I clung on to that job and I told myself when I work till midnight, seven days in a row, then at that time I'll quit my job. And I remember doing that. And, I was just like, even then I was still trying to talk myself out of it, but 
um, I, I was coming home one day and we, we had this certain hill. And when we hit the top of the hill, you can see out for miles. And I just remember like, uh, I came over the top of that hill and I was like, it's like, you know, God said, what do you value? You know, cause I felt like I had this, this calling inside of me that I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't make it stop. I couldn't quieten it down. It just, it was persistent and it would not let me go. And I went home that day and I made a, a whole, I think there was 200 words of things you could value. And I, I said, I'm going to, I'll narrow it down to 50. Then I got it down to 50. And then I said, I'll narrow it down to 20, 10, five, and then my top three. And I narrowed it down to my top three, um, which was family, finances, and freedom. And, and by finances, I don't mean wealth. There's a difference between, you know, financially sound and wealthy. Um, and I wanted to be financially sound so I could enjoy the freedom to do what I wanted to do with my family. And after I found that out, I, I was just like immediately. I had a Navy SEAL tell me one time, he said, do you know what happens right the second before you die? And I was like, well, no. He said, your life doesn't flash before your eyes your regrets do. And oh my gosh, it just, it struck me. And I could, I, I would just sit there when I would think of this and I had this calling. And now this picture would pop up in my head of Cosmo taking his last, last breath and thinking, what if I would have tried? And I remember waking up um, a couple of days later and I, I couldn't turn it off. Like it, it's at this point, like the voice inside of me is so loud, Chase. I could barely sleep. I could barely eat, drink, walk. And I remember going up to my wife and I said, I think it's time I quit my job. And I was so scared that she was going to say, you know, no, you're crazy. You know, and she looked at me just like that. And she said, it's about time. That's fantastic. Now, do you have any uh, advice for our listeners out there that are thinking, you know, that maybe that they're at this kind of uh, inflection point in their life? Uh, would you say maybe do the value kind of analysis that you did, or any other insights from that? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people struggle to find their why, and once you know your why, then the what becomes a little more clear. I don't know. I don't. I didn't know why I was built the way I was built. I grew up. Uh, I was burned at the age of seventeen months old. Uh, I lived a pretty rocky life in high school, junior high. I wasn't good at school. I was horrible at school. Um, I ended up flunking out. You know, partying, drugs, um, living that whole life. Just you know, job to job. You know. On, from whatever place would hire me. And I would just adapt and learn whatever it is I was doing. And I, I just remember having this hole in me that no matter what I tried to shovel into it, it never filled up. And when I figured out what my why was, what I value, why I value it, like everything became way more clear. Absolutely. Do you ever look back on that and and think, uh, you know, maybe that you should have made that leap a little bit sooner or maybe potentially regret you waited so long? Um, no, um, I, I'm not one that lives with regrets now. I will say this, um, and, and I think we've all heard this uh, on any, you know, 
entrepreneur, you know, journey. If you've read even yeah. one book on it, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. <clears throat> but I think, I, I think that's the tripwire that you, you, you got to catch yourself on because there's a, there's an actual third one to that. The, the best time was 20 years ago. The next best time is now, but what happens if you don't? And no one thinks about that. What happens if you, if you fail to take action on the calling that either, you know, no, no matter what you believe that was put in you, whatever, I don't care how it got into you. If you don't take that calling seriously, then the regrets that you could potentially have will far eclipse anything else in your life. Absolutely. Uh, some sage words right there. Let's fast forward a bit. Uh, you know, you go all in on this business and e-commerce as an industry has changed rapidly since you kind of almost witnessed the birth of it online with PayPal buttons being one of the first ways to do it. Um, how are things different these days? How have things gotten easier? And then maybe the follow-up question to that is also, what's a little more difficult these days than it used to be? Well, I think the uh, the e-commerce platforms have gotten... They have gotten simpler, but um, massive explosion of growth in any any kind of niche or whatever inherently builds complexity. And I think that as easy as the websites are to to get up and running, the complexity of them behind the scenes is is the thing that you, you know you get you you have to focus on both and um i do love i mean it's like anybody can get in the business now you know um but the complexity of them i think is i, I think we have room to navigate out of a, out of some of these complex situations into something more simpler user friendly um and easy to use um but that's just my opinion <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more that the barrier of entry has never been lower, especially with, you know, like Shopify specifically, like yeah. it, it makes it so easy to get on online and set something up. But what a lot of people don't realize is it also makes the competition that much stronger. And to do it the right way, you really need to stick out. And there's only a few ways to do it. You either invest the time and learn it yourself or you invest the money to hire someone that's done it before. You know, there's not... Uh, really much of a way around those two options to really no. start to get an edge and, and pull ahead uh, kind of in this game. Now, with these days, you guys are doing most of your sales direct consumer through the website. Are you, you know, just using like a solution like Shopify or are you, you know, experimenting with uh, some of the other ones out there, uh, like the marketplaces such as Amazon or, or you got wholesale models? Like how, what's the kind of mix of things look like these days? We do... Um... I'm not a big believer in having all your eggs in one basket. I don't know if anybody's lost their website overnight, but I have. Um, and it is a thing. It's probably less likely to happen now than uh, back when I started, but nevertheless, it could happen. So I, I'm a firm believer in uh, putting your eggs in different baskets. So we do have um, uh, obviously our retail website. Um, we do have a wholesale website too. Um, we do sell on Amazon. I felt the need to lock that down years, years ago. 
Um, because Amazon, in my opinion, is a race to the bottom and can destroy a brand faster than anything. In my opinion, that's just my opinion. Um, so we lock down our Amazon and we control it. And we also, you know, Amazon's got to make their money. So we have it as a higher price point, uh, than everything else. If you're going to pay, if you're going to get that kind of convenience, then you're going to obviously, you know, what, I'm not going to, you know, uh, cannibalize my own website just for the sake of Amazon. I'm just not going to do it. Um, but um, it is on there. Uh, our wholesale, though, shockingly, we are in about, I think about, I don't know the exact number because it's it's just grown so fast. But I want to say we're in about 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 retail locations nationwide. And we do have a wholesale platform where they can actually come in and order and they can make the order as big or as small as they want to. And uh, um, no matter what, we'll accommodate them. We also um, uh, we also distribute to Canada, um, Australia, New Zealand uh, and the UK. Absolutely. You mentioned that you uh, locked down. Amazon a, a few years ago. Now I want to kind of boil that down and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you you went in and you own your brand name and your products, mm -hmm. so it doesn't allow other sellers to sell your products. Therefore, you can enforce the pricing you want. So you can't really stop anybody from listing your products, but um, we have our ways of finding you, <laughs> um, and choking you out, you know, so to speak, you're not going to, we will not allow since we are the manufacturer, we will not allow. And it, and it specifically says that in our contract, um, you can't come on there and you're, you're not allowed to sell on their period because we are trying to protect everybody. And then there's always, there's, there's always going to be one person that thinks they can beat the system and they can buy from a person that buys from a guy that buys from a distribution place. And actually it's, it's, that's a great question. Cause we had one that was really difficult. And then the second we found out who they were within 24 hours, their attorneys were lighting us up. And I was like, Hey man, you know, you are, you know, you are, uh, actually you're getting a hold of our product to, uh, uh, um, you're not buying it from us. So we have, um, the new transparency program that we don't know that it's a legit product. It could be fake. And that part of Amazon, Oh my gosh, boy, that one works. That one, they, they got shut down uh, instantly because they're not there. If they were a dealer of ours, then we would, we would go into them and said, Hey, you can't do this. Get it off there. You know, but we had no idea who these people were never sold the product to them ever. And it was a big company. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, you know, take the product down or, you know, so yeah, the, uh, the transparency program on Amazon, Amazon is, uh, doing what they can to protect, uh, the buyer from, um, from goods that, uh, I'll just say aren't authentic. Mm -hmm. Now Cosmo, is there anything I didn't ask you about today that you think would resonate with our audience? You know, I, I can think of one thing that, um, you was hitting on it a little bit ago, 
uh, when when you you know Shopify makes the barrier of entry so easy. Um, I think people really think it's a it's um, an easy way to get rich or whatever. It's not. It's actually a very very hard way to get rich. But the one thing that I notice is people aren't willing to do the boring stuff. Meaning, you know, not to get into too much debt, but you know, to have a CRO expert, you know on your team, looking at your site, you know, understanding the, how, how your customers are navigating your site. Um, and the, the, the hardest thing for me to learn in not, not only in life, but in business and in particularly in, in websites, we all have a filter in which we see the world. And by default, we assume everybody else does see exactly the same way we do, which couldn't be further from the truth. And I think when we, when we hired our CRO expert and we started finding the truth, not our thoughts and feelings, um, that, that was really eye-opening. And those are the types of things, I mean, you got to do the boring stuff. Absolutely. It, it, getting into the data and you know, going into it with hypotheses about what you are trying to find based upon not what you think, you know, we have these conversations all the time with our clients. It's like, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think, really. It matters what your customers think. Like, we've Mm -hmm. got a good idea about it because, you know, we've been doing this forever and we've worked with hundreds of clients and we know what works generally. You've got a great idea about it because you built this multi-million dollar business and, you know, your instincts haven't been wrong yet. But at the end of the day, who's giving us money? It's your customers. Let's go find mm-hmm. out what they think. Yeah. And let's do what they need to be done on this website to make it the best that it needs to be for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Cosmo, we talked all a, a lot about all these awesome products that you have been bringing to market. And if I am looking to, to pick some up, where should I go? What's the best place to get them? The best place you can go to is CosmosQ.com. That's just K-O-S-M-O-S-Q, just the letter Q.com. Um, that would be your best place to go. Awesome. Cosmo, thank you for coming on the show today and sharing all of that. You bet, Chase. Thanks for having me, man. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.